This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Are you sick and tired of biased hockey talk? Then you have come to the right place. The Drop focuses on the St. Louis Blues, but we also delve into other news from around the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You were headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance Descott. Welcome back. I know it's been a while. I know I've described it and tried to tell people online that not only did I have COVID, but my whole family. So I've been in quarantine since I believe it was December 24th up until recently. I started going on a few other shows, uh, doing some other podcasts. And uh, I want to thank you guys for your patience. I've been getting people asking me when I'm coming back with another audio podcast. But I will tell you something I have been doing. There is a website that if you're a blues fan, a hockey fan, you got to check out. It's stlfanreport.com. If you want blues uh, talk, if you want good articles, it's ran by a guy named Guy Benson. He's also got a YouTube channel where he does a vlog. He does a pregame. He does both intermissions and does a post-game vlog for every single Blues game. I know how much work that is when it comes to audio-wise, so I can only imagine what that is like when it comes to vlogging-wise. This man works hard. He knows his hockey, and let's welcome him to the Drop Podcast. Guy Benson, thank you so much for finally coming on the Drop. Oh, no, thank you for uh, welcoming me. And and then to be on your first show back, that's an honor I'll never forget, my friend. Well, uh, I I greatly appreciate it. I know you and I have worked together. We've helped each other out. Um, when you first started uh, uh, out, you know, you had some uh, rough patches. Uh, but, uh, man, you've gotten so good at what you do. It's, it's flawless. Uh, you've had some great guests on. And uh, we'll talk about those at the end and get into some more detail about how fans can reach you and talk about some of your interviews. Because I don't think a lot of people know just how many ex-Blues players, uh, Blues announcers, uh, Blues guests you've had on. So we'll get into that in the end. Let's talk about our St. Louis Blues. And first of all, let's talk about how they've done so far this year. Uh, Right now, when you look at points-wise, they are in first place in the West Division. I'm sorry, I refuse to call it the Honda West Division. Guy knows how I feel about that. Um, in the West Division, points-wise, they're in first. But percentage-wise, there's actually two teams that would be in front of them, and that's Colorado and Las Vegas. The Blues are playing at a 6.11 pace uh, percentage-wise. Vegas is 700 and Colorado 6.79. But right now, points-wise, the Blues are in first. The Blues have played 18 games, Vegas 15, Colorado 14. So the Blues have got three and three or four games in hand on both these teams. Guy, you and I have talked a lot, most after every game, before the game. What has been your take so far in this team? Uh, we'll start out with the good things. What, is, number one, has really stuck out to you as a very positive thing? Something that you may have expected, but something that maybe wasn't quite what you thought it was going to be. It's even going to be better than what you thought they would be. Uh, the one question mark that got answered was goaltending. Um, you know, there was a huge, huge question mark with Bennington coming in and then Huso was the backup. And, you know, Bennington had that bad playoff series. 
there's there's a chance that he may have had COVID or something like that or something else going on. But for whatever reason, the buy-in wasn't there. But he has come back this year, and um, I know the stats don't show it, but I think he's been, if not the best player, very, very close to it. Yeah, he's been really good, and a lot of people are talking about, you know, I think you and I started this at the 1st of February. We talked about it at the end of January. Why isn't anybody talking about the elephant in the room? And that's the Jordan Bennington contract. And I was even saying back then, and you were kind enough to let me write an article on stlfanreport.com, and you guys can go find that there. I believe a guy put that out February 4th, and I greatly appreciate him giving me that outlet to talk about Jordan Bennington. My thought is, Jordan Bennington has played well. Has he let in some bad goals? Yeah, every goal he does. It happens. But he's started 14 games. He's won eight, lost four, uh, had two overtime games. The Blues have allowed 401 shots on goal. He's got a 2.53 goals against. His save percentage is 913. I wish it was a little bit higher. I'd like to see it around 918 to 920. But you know what? He's going to make good money, and my thinking is on that. I think we agree. I don't think the Blues can afford to pay him more than six and a half to maybe a little over seven. I know he's going to want eight years from the Blues. He can only get seven from another team. His agent has already said, unless the Blues really blow him away, he's going to check and see what's out there in free agency. And I know Doug Armstrong has talked to his agent about it a little bit, so I think they have an idea of what he wants in my mind. Don't max out higher than seven. I'd prefer six and a half. Giving five or six years, that's just me. As long as his goals against, it stays about 2.5 or under, he's going to be a top goal, top 10 goaltender in the league with those numbers. But you and I know it's not about the save percentage and the goals allowed only. It's about him making big saves. And there's been several games, including the last one against San Jose, when they went up two to nothing in that first period. That if not for Jordan Bennington, it could have been four to nothing or five to nothing. Uh, what do you think about that uh, when it comes to Jordan Bennington, uh, guy? Um, I, I'm with you a little bit. I could see them possibly pushing the seven. So when we had Bennington and Allen, we were right around um, eight and a half million for goalies, right? And that's really, in my eyes, that's not a bad price for two goalies, right? And so. If you're if you're paying him seven and a half and you're paying the other guy a mil, okay, you're good. But remember, you need to keep that's the that's the mark. It's your your total for your goalies, and I think between eight and eight and a half is the number to be at. And 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 that's just to me that shows me that you've got a solid goalie with a backup that's serviceable. You start talking about a, a minimum wage guy or a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience, kind of like Cuso, and then you may not be in that range. And that kind of might be where we're at now. We should have spent more money on goaltending than we did, and but we're not in that bad of a situation. No, we're not at all. And you know what? A lot of people were really, really hateful with, with, with Ville Huso and that Colorado game when he came in and gave up four goals. But I kept telling people, Bennington gave up four goals. The team played bad in front of both of those goalies. And the two-to-one loss, people were blaming on Huso that he lost. As he's looked, Huso is better than what people are saying he is. This year, 
His cap hit is $750,000 next year at $750,000. The year after that, he's an unrestricted free agent. So if he plays well behind Bennington and gets, you know, 50, he'll probably get 15 to 17 games this year, I would think. Um, I would hope it's no less than 12 to give Bennington some rest. But next year, hopefully we'll get a full 80-plus game season and we might see some few games out of him. He may get a good contract. I've got no issue with giving Bennington seven and a half as long as it's not for seven or eight years. I think when you do that, uh, you know, even even the Winnipeg Jets with uh, with Hellebuck, he's a good goalie comparable to Bennington's stats so far, uh, about the same age. Hellebuck's been in the league longer. He's making 6.1 for, I believe, six years, if I'm not mistaken. But I think, you know, it, the prices went up. and. If they do go over that seven and give him seven and a half, I would feel comfortable with five to six years. But there's so many more guys we got to sign uh, that their contracts are going to be up. Some of them are going to be unrestricted free, free agents. Some of them are going to be restricted free agents. Guys like Thomas and Cairo and other guys like that are going to want a lot more money than they're making now. Even under their restricted free agency, uh, they're not going to settle. You know, these guys making eight, nine hundred thousand dollars a year, they're not going to settle for that 10% raise. They're going to have to pay them two and a half, three million dollars a year, and there's got to be money there. So I agree with you when it comes to Bennington. And speaking about Cairo, what have I said for the last year and a half, two years? And I think you agree with me. Why isn't Cairo playing? I think now we see that he should have been playing more at least last year. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. Um, I just I, I look at what Armstrong's done, and Armstrong has really looked at this team like a chess player. And instead of two or three moves down the road, you know, two or three moves, he's looked two or three years. And I think in doing that, that he set himself up, he's got himself in a tight situation, but it's not a losing situation. And there are, there are other players in the system. There are other players out there like Clifford, like Hoffman, that are willing to come to St. Louis to chase a ring. And because you can get people like that, you're going to get them for less money. They're not going to, you know, people will chase a ring for less money. And because we're that team right now, we finally showed that we're that team, that we're chasing a ring every single year. And we have one of the best non-Canadian fan bases in the league. Um, You know, Guys are going to come to St. Louis. St. Louis has an amazing hockey reputation that a lot of people don't understand. And, and you talk, and real quick, you talked about the interviews I've had. I talked to so many guys that stay in St. Louis from small Canadian towns, and they, the one thing they say, this is the closest thing to a Canadian city we're going to find. It is, as I've told you before in my past, and previous job I had with a tech company, uh, mobile app and software company, I traveled a lot through Canada. And a lot of the towns remind me of St. Louis and the people. Uh, I tell people the story, and I told Grant this story before and some other people. I went into a bar called Ducks on the Roof in Cochrane, Alberta, which is just outside of Calgary, and walked in. And within an hour, I had two different groups of people come up and ask where we were from, I was in a suit and tie, of course, told them where we were from. They asked if any of us played. I said, I did. They asked if I brought my goalie equipment. I said, I didn't. 
They said, well, we don't have any other goalie equipment, but we're playing here tonight at 11 o'clock. We've got the rink for three hours. We're going to practice for about an hour, skate around, and then we're going to play for two. Would you like to come and play? We'll let you borrow stuff. And I got that kind of welcome everywhere I went. I mean, it was just amazing to me. The small towns are just like the small towns around St. Louis. The small towns in Illinois, like Collinsville, Edwardsville. I know there's several blues players that live in the Edwardsville, Glen Carbon area, Fairview Heights, Belleville. St. Louis just has that, it just has that small town feeling. And though we're not a huge city, we're still a major city with major sports. The people, for the most part, are just normal down-to-earth people, hardworking people, like people are in Winnipeg, like people are in Saskatoon, like people are in uh, Ottawa, like people are in Calgary, uh, you know, uh, Vancouver. There's a lot more money in Vancouver, but, uh, you know, they're just, they're used to that type of people. And when they come here, I think they're just amazed at how nice we are. I mean, you lived here in St. Louis for a long time. You're in Hawaii now, of course, because, uh, you, you know, of course, you're known as the, the Hawaiian Blues fan. But, uh, I mean, you can speak to it, you know, on your own. Oh, no. And, and I do I do see it. Um, I know I, I miss living in St. Louis. I've lived in Hawaii. I've, I've lived, I haven't lived in St. Louis since 1987. And um, I've lived around. I've lived in Chicago, Norfolk, Japan, uh, Hawaii, and a few other places. And there's still nowhere like it. And when, you, when I came home, I remember the, I hadn't been home in a long time. And I came home and it was like, I instantly remembered where everything was. I knew where I was driving. I knew what I was doing. And, you know, people, I would say something, someone go, oh, he's from Hawaii. They take one look at me, hear me talking, go, no, they're not. He's from here. You know, they didn't realize I haven't lost that. So, and, and I think that's what the guys, that's what the guys like. And that's well, and what this all comes down to is that's what brings free agents in. And Hoffman said that. Hoffman said, every time I came to St. Louis, I felt welcomed here, even as a visitor. I knew this was a place I wanted to play. And you know what's great about that? You're not only going to get good players that want a good city to play in, uh, you're going to keep them if possible. Those guys that are all about money, you may get them to come here and they might fall in love with the city. But if money is their main goal and they think they're going to make you know, there was a guy the other day on, I think it was the Anthony Stalter show. They were talking about Jordan Bennington's contract. And uh, I don't remember who it was. They were saying that he deserved carry price money, 10 to $11 million. And I think it was Jamie Rivers and Stalter said, no, 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 no. He doesn't have the Vesnas. He hasn't played as long. Uh, he doesn't have the long enough track record, so on and so forth, to get that kind of money. Jordan Bennington left St. Louis. You know, he's not a real talkative guy, but I've talked to people that know him and he loves the city. Is he going to take a big, big city discount and make, you know, make half of what he could make somewhere else? No, but I think when it comes time to making the decision, if it comes down to, I don't know, a six, seven year contract here at six and a half to seven and a half, as opposed to an eight and a half million dollar contract somewhere else, I think he's going to choose St. Louis. Yeah, I think, I think he is too. I think that he's um, he's falling in love not just with the city but with his teammates and the the style of play. And you don't see even if he gets left hung out to dry, you know um, the that was the difference with Allen. When Allen got left hung out to dry, no one took ownership of it, and the and the blame went to Allen. 
But you see now when O'Reilly came, O'Reilly takes ownership of that. And he did that right away. And I think that relaxes Bennington. And you know if he gives up a soft one, you know, he, he's mad at himself right away. And you can see it. You, you can see it in his reaction and what he does. Um, and and that's, why, that's why I say, you know, the, there were questions coming into the season. And he's very quietly answered those questions. And I also want to say real quick, I want to throw props to you. We did that article. And then just yesterday or the day before yesterday, ESPN had an article just like that, basically quoting Jeremy Rutherford, who didn't quote us, but you could tell he read us. Yeah, and that's always nice. And I've seen a few other things. And from the way the guys on the Anthony Stalter show were talking, I think either Rivers read it or Anthony Stalter did. I don't know the other gentleman very well and I can't remember his name. I think somebody read it there. I know that we all feel the same on a lot of things, but it's great to know that people are reading what you're putting out there. They're watching your vlogs. They're listening to my audio podcast. So it's nice whether it's positive or negative. It means you're doing a good job if people are paying attention. And I think with after all the interviews you've had, I think people are definitely paying attention. And before we get anything else, Guy's going to have a huge video coming out either tomorrow, early Tuesday. It's going to be another great interview. I'm not going to say who it is, uh, but it's going to be great. You're going to really enjoy it. Make sure you check it out on YouTube and he'll surely be on Facebook letting it go. So that should happen sometimes tomorrow. Remember, Hawaii's about four hours behind us. Go ahead and let, I'll go ahead and let you say who it is. I got to do an interview with Ashley Weiss from Blue Notes Productions. She does the, the pregame uh, lives on YouTube and that. And um, she does a lot of the interviews with the players and, and is pretty well versed in the blues. Uh, we sat down and talked for about an hour. Um, really good interview. It'll be on YouTube at the Blue Note Fan Report. Or you, it will be linked on STL Fan Report under Interviews for Media. That's great. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I know it's going to be another quality interview. And don't, got, don't forget, guys, make sure you check it out here. Tory Krug was hurt. Of course, he came back. Jaden Schwartz is still out. We've got Colton Pareko still out. We, Ivan Barbashev, they, they're saying six weeks. But from the people I talked to in the Blues, it could be eight to ten. So Ivan, Ivan Barbashev's out. Tyler Bozak, and I'm here to tell you right now, you heard um, Barube say in a press conference, and all he would say was, that doesn't look good. It's not looking good for Tyler Bozak. I hate to see a veteran like that that works hard every night. It doesn't always equal in goals, but Tyler Bozak is one of those hardworking guys that teams love to have on the third line, and he's just a great third line center. Please don't rush him. It's just amazing. Every team has him, but it seems like the Blues were all hit with him, hit with those injuries within seven to fourteen days. Yeah, it, it did come quick. Um, the the injuries have mounted up. One one thing that could could help us a little bit is getting Nathan Walker in the lineup. He is. I know he's a little bit older. I think he's twenty six or twenty seven, but he's a fire plug out there, and he does know how to when he is on the ice how to be around the puck, how to use his body. Um, and he also knows how to uh, use his hands. And I think he's got really good hands and he doesn't get credit for it. That goal that he scored last year um, where he batted that puck out of the air. I don't think a lot of people realize that looked like a cricket 
goal because he snapped his hands. He snapped his hands down like you would a cricket bat. As long as it's in an eight-minute roll, something like a Clifford, eight to ten minutes, somewhere in that range, I think he starts getting suspect and gets his weaknesses show up if you start giving him more minutes than that. But I would not be against that at all. I, I really respect him as a player. You know, he's played for a while. Like you said, he's in his mid-20s. He's got some experience. He does make some mistakes, but he's not one of those guys that normally embarrasses himself. You know, you know what I think is is a what everyone looks at is the negative is the fact that he's Australian. There's, I think that that's part of the reason why the that he gets looked at in in a in a harder way because it's not a hockey country. It's not that the guy's got a Stanley Cup ring. I mean, he's not, he didn't get his name on the cup, but he was there with Washington when they won that cup. If I remember right. He's a guy that can come in and give you some minutes if you have to, if there's any more injuries, which I hope there's not. But yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with him being on. I look for, I look for these next games. You look at the way O'Reilly has played, especially the way he played in the second game against the Sharks, how upset he was. He's upset with himself, with his play, right? And he's not playing bad. And that's what's amazing about it. He always thinks he can do more. And the more he raises his game, the more he raises the games around him, as long as he doesn't do too much. And I really think that you're going to see a different team from now, from here on out. You know, the one thing about O'Reilly, and I know some people in the Blues organization, and more than one person has told me that uh, Ryan O'Reilly is intense. He's an intense guy. He wants to work hard. He expects people to work hard. Normally in practice, he's the first guy on and first guy off. He's willing to help the young guys. But even though he's intense, he has fun playing. He loves playing the game. And I am so glad he got the captaincy. I know some people wanted it to go to Steen because they thought he might be available this year and a few other people uh, such as Schwartz. But I wouldn't have given it to anybody else besides Ryan O'Reilly. And in my mind, besides the Brett Hall trade, I think the Ryan O'Reilly trade is number two all-time trades. But of course, Gretzky's there too. The Ryan O'Reilly trades in the top three trades of all time for the Blues. I would put Gretzky at three because he was only here for the playoffs and a little bit of the season. It'd be different if, if Gretzky was here for a couple of years. I'd put it number one. I think Hull's one. I think O'Reilly is the number two trade ever made by a Blues general manager. Yeah, um, I, I will. I will agree with that. That was... That was an incredible trade. And not only that, so in my Ashley Vice video, she talks about O'Reilly a little bit, and I ask her about the weight of the C. And she tells me he wore, he had the weight of that C long before he ever put that C Oh, on. sure he did. Right? She said in that she talked to him, one of the first player interviews she did when they started allowing her to do player interviews, she would ask him, and he would all, and well, this is while he was the best player on the team. I have to play better. I need to play better. I have to do better. Right? And this is when he was the best player on the team. Yeah, a guy, I'll tell you, it doesn't matter if it's junior hockey, if it's uh, AHL, if it's uh, the East Coast Hockey League. The guys that take responsibility, even though they had good games, those ones that say, hey, I need to play better, those guys that don't deflect. You know, that say, oh, our, our offense has to be better. Our defense, the guys that take personal responsibility, those are the ones you want with C's or A's. You don't want guys that don't take personal responsibility. I don't care how long they've been with your team. I don't care how good they are. If they don't take a personal responsibility in the game, 
you don't want them wearing a CRNA. Yeah, it's very refreshing to, to see that. And, um, you know, the other thing that I think is refreshing, and we talked a little bit about it, I love Bennington and his attitude, right? The one-liners, the quick quips, right? Um, when asked, when during that first Shark series, uh, Vander Kane, you know, gave him a little chop in the crotch. And he got asked, well, did you say anything to Kane um, that would have caused that? And his comment was, not today. You know, and, and that's, for a goalie, that's what I want. Because I got to interview Grant Fuhrer, and I know you've talked to Grant Fuhrer many a times. Grant Fuhrer would tell you, Grant Fuhrer told me, and I know he's told you, the one thing in a goalie's mind has to be, a quick reset. If you let a goal in, you, you erase it from your memory. You let it go. You've got to believe that you're the best player on the ice, and it's your job to stop every single puck from ever getting to that net, whether they go in or not. Yeah, and I was talking to Grant about that, and I said, you know, Grant, I said, you're spot on. And I, I said, I know you know that because you're a Hall of Famer and you're, you've won so many Stanley Cups. I said, but when I was a goalie, uh, before I had my stroke, I said, no matter how young I was or how old I got, I let a goal, a goal in, it was zero to zero. I didn't look at the scoreboard. I never, ever looked at the scoreboard. It was zero to zero. Even if our team was up three to nothing, three to one, if I let a goal in, it was zero to zero. You have to have that mentality. And getting back to Bennington saying he didn't say something to him that day, uh, goalies do chirp. A lot of the good ones have some very good chirping that they do with guys. And, uh, I'm sure that with Evander Kane's reputation and talking to guys that have played with him in Buffalo, uh, I'm sure that Evander Kane said some things that weren't real nice. And I'm sure that Bennington said a few things back that weren't real nice in the past. But I I do love that answer. Not today. (laughs) But it's just that, that quick, you know, it's refreshing to see your goalie let it out. You know, this is who I am. This is how I'm going to play deal with it. It's been great to have you on guy. And uh, so many thanks to you uh, for allowing me to come on your vlog. You've had great guests. You give quality interviews, just like I used to get when I started out. You're not a, a member of the media that's credentialed. Well, you know what? Guy does a great job. He's had interviews with Mike Liute, Mike Zook, Zombo, Darren Pang, um, Garth Butcher, uh, Chris Kerber, Uh, He's had interviews with a bunch of people. If he wasn't doing it right and he didn't love the blue note, those people wouldn't give him the time of day. So, Guy, I want you to let everybody know where they can find you online, your email address, also your Facebook handle and your Twitter handle. Let them know exactly, you know, uh, about your next episode coming up. I think you have a little bit, but mention that at the end and then I'll finally let you go. The easiest one of the there's two ways to find me very easy. If you want to find what I write and some of my interviews, go to stlfanreport.com. Um, it's the St. Louis Fan Report. I have some of my interviews on there, not all of them, but some of them. Uh, most of my writing is on there. Uh, Lance is writing for me. I'm trying to get. If you're a hockey writer, if you want to write about hockey and not have to follow the rules of hockey writing, give me a call. Give me, send me an email at guy at stlfanreport.com and I'll let you write for me. I don't believe in the, in the rules of journalism somewhat. 
you write what you feel is the way you want to write. And that's how I write. And, and I think because I write that way, people know that I'm honest, that I'm not sitting just one way, that I'm, I'm, I'm writing what's in my heart and what I feel. And that's important to me to let the words come out that way. Uh, the other place to find my videos, you can find all my videos and my game time blogs at Blue Note Fan Report on YouTube. I mean, there's a long link, but if you go to YouTube, type Bluetooth fan report in our Blue Note fan report in the, uh, in the search and you'll come up. That's where all my lives go. Also on Facebook, I have my own group, the Hawaii STL uh, Blues Fan Clan. We do pick them contests in there. It's really one of the better small groups for blues groups in Facebook. You won't have a lot of the drama, the other groups. And then you can always get a hold of me on Twitter at one of two addresses, either H-I-S-T-L-B-L-U-E-S-F-A-N, uh, Hawaii, H-I-S-T-L Blues Fan, or uh, Blue Note Report, at Blue Note Report. One of those two, I have those two accounts that I work on and, and try and get my stuff out, and I'm hoping to release uh, it's Sunday now. By Monday morning, I should have out my video with Ashley Vox. Make sure you check him out. Guy Vincent, thank you so much for coming on the Drop Podcast. I look forward to coming back on your vlog. Until next time, I'll see you later. Hey, no problem. And Lance, as you know, you are always welcome on my live shows, on the blog. And I'll just do it this way. This is Guy the Hawaii Blues fan saying aloha, mahalo. And you got to know, I'm bleeding blue with you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email The Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.